Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. always such a joy to be able to see how the worship team fits together a wonderful Christmas Eve time of worship and then the young ladies dancing. Let's again thank them for how they guide us to worship. I love it. It's awesome. So honored to be able to come again on Christmas Eve and share with you the message of Christ. This is one of my favorite things I get to do every year being able to talk about Christ at this time of year and our celebration of Christmas is so awesome. And thank you so much for taking time to carefully drive here tonight. And those of you who are joining us online, I pray the Lord will keep us all safe as we drive home. It's crazy weather, but thank you for coming. And I pray in these next few moments as I was just sitting there watching them dance and thinking about this service, I just pray you'll have an open heart to whatever the Lord would say to you. As I came earlier today, I, I walked through the sanctuary and just walked around and sat at different seats. And I thought, what could someone be feeling? This time of year has, is, is a wonderful season, but for some it's so hard. I've been on the phone in the last 24 hours with people who are just crying and so lonely and struggling and don't know where to turn. And so I recognize that even as we come tonight and celebrate family and celebrate Christmas, Some of you might be coming with hurt, with pain, and you've come to the right place because Christ is the one who can meet that need, and I look forward to sharing that with you. Uh, Right now in in our culture, there's an ad, an advertisement that simply says, America runs on Dunkin'. That's that's the Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, I'll pass one on my way home. I might stop and grab a donut if it's still open. But America doesn't run on Dunkin'. Our world doesn't run on Dunkin'. Our world runs on power and authority and control. As we've just come through a season where billions, literally billions of dollars were spent in the political arena trying to get your vote and the whole time telling you, we're doing this for you. I would tell you, no, that's not true. The world and our political system runs on somebody getting control and they'll do about anything to get it. It's just the system of our world. It affects all of us. We don't even see how much power and control runs us. And even think about your own home. Just think about your family for a second. Somebody in your family, don't point at anybody and don't say a name, but in your household, there's somebody that likes control. It's just something we want. <laughs> somebody pointed over here. I get that. But I want to show you what's amazing about this story because God taught us something in the birth of Jesus that goes against everything in that system. God showed us that he did not do what he did to get our applause, our accolades, or anything else. He brought Jesus to show, what, what, to show us what it means to truly serve and not to be served. So every year, this time of year, somehow the Christmas story hits me. I always share that with you. And this year, it was when I was reading Luke chapter 2, Jesus is born. And then I read this next little phrase that's coming up on the screen. It simply said this in Luke chapter 2. And there were living out in the fields. There were shepherds living out there in the fields nearby. So Jesus has been born. 
And these shepherds are living out in the fields. And I, I've heard this story since I was this high and I've never thought about the fact that the shepherds actually lived out there. I think about them going out, doing something and then coming back inside. That's what I think about. But that's not what happened. I went to someone who goes to the Holy Land quite often. And I said to him, describe what that means. What does that mean, the fields and living out there? And he said, oh, the shepherds at the age of 13, 14, 15, they would become a shepherd. And they literally lived out there, some of them until they died, never came back inside. The Holy Land can be really cold, not like it is out here tonight, but a couple times of the year. Sometimes they would build a little hut out there. This area near Bethlehem where Jesus was born, where these shepherds were, it was rocky and hilly with some brush, and so they probably slept in that area, used the bathroom out there, found their food out there. They did not go back inside. When it says living, it means like living. Like you live at your house, they lived out in the field. And they weren't welcome in town. Shepherds didn't just run into church like tonight. If this were back in the times of Bethlehem and we were having a service and this were a synagogue or temple, they couldn't come. Like they would get to the door and they would be told, can't come in. They were unclean. They didn't fit. Nobody wanted them around. They didn't get invited to the Christmas Eve parties. They felt unwanted. They felt nobody went to them and said, hey, what do you guys think? Didn't care. And this is who God shows up to? This is the first people that he tells, hey, the baby has been born in Bethlehem, and I want you to know. He went there. Why would he go there first? Why wouldn't he go to some prominent people who would spread the word quickly? Why wouldn't he go to the people who were the favored ones in the town? No. No, God intentionally took the story, you ready, to the outcast. And here they are living out there. I pondered this for at least 20 minutes. I have a little stool I sit on in my office. I sat down, I closed my office door, and I pondered being a shepherd for 20 minutes. I just sat there. It was a long 20 minutes. But I just put myself in their world going, goodness, Goodness, they lived out there for years. I can do this at least 20 minutes. Dark at night. I'm sure they had nights where it was kind of crazy out there. Animals attacking the sheep. They were watching these sheep, by the way, because these are the very prestigious sheep. These were the sheep that would have been used for sacrifice in the synagogues and temples. It's a big role they played, but they just had to be serving that way. I... I guess this is where the idea when people say you can't sleep at night, start counting sheep. I guess this is where it started. Because I'm sure at night they couldn't fall asleep. And they yeah, start counting sheep. One, two. I guess that's how they fell asleep. That's a lonely life. And then one night, all of a sudden, seriously, an angel shows up in the middle of the night and just boom, boom. Can you imagine how scared you would be? Just, just think about it. Even tonight, driving home in these roads, if all of a sudden a bright light went, yeah, yeah, you would freak out. This is crazy. And then 
I think about them trying to convince you that they actually saw this angel. I really believe I'd have a hard time even tonight if I said to you, hey, last night I went out, you know, during the blizzard, I went to see what it was like. So I walked out my backyard and you guys, listen, I'm just telling you, a shepherd, I mean, listen to me, a shepherd, an angel showed up in the sky. I was standing out there and this angel just showed up and went, wah and it started talking to me. I really believe most of you would not believe me. I believe most of you would think I started using cannabis. I, I believe you, have, you would have other thoughts about me going, okay, getting a little old, maybe not remembering is good. And that's what happened. And the shepherds were told three things by this angel. The angels came and the angel said to them, we bring you good news of great joy for all people. So let's go through those things. Number one, Good news. Let me tell you the good news. Listen, the, the story's being told right there. The good news is Jesus came for the outcast and those who feel like they don't fit in. Our system in the world is built around fitting in. Everybody in here tonight, Somewhere this week, I bet you somewhere this week, if you think back across it, you did something to fit in. Well, I want to belong. I want people to like me. I, I, it, it's the world system. It's what we're built on. We're built on a power and authority and control and fitting in and making sure you, you play by the rules. And, and we all, I want to be liked. I want everybody to think I'm okay. And God comes along in the story of Jesus' birth and in Bethlehem, it says, um, you're okay because I came for you. I created you. And no matter what the world thinks of you, I have a plan and a purpose for your life. And tonight, whether you're watching online or here in the house, I would pause to ask you, has there ever been a place in your life where you felt like you were an outcast? I actually don't think there's a soul, if you think back over the course of your life at some point, who hasn't had this feeling. Sitting on my stool, I reflected on the times in my life where I felt like I didn't fit in, where I felt like no one wanted me. My, my biggest moment would have been going back, for those of you who are teenagers, I would have been in that range, 15, 16, 17 I didn't feel I fit. I didn't see a place for myself. I, I didn't see any future or what could be done good with my life because I, I was from the wrong side of town in my high school. There were three towns that came together. I was from the, the poorer town. And, and I remember uh, when I was a senior in high school, teachers were allowed to purchase you for a day and you, you just had to do what they said. It was, it was really looking back, it's kind of bizarre. But they purchased me. I remember the teacher. I'm not going to say their name to protect them, but they purchased me for the day. And they used me. And they mocked me. They made me wear banners around my neck. I remember it was humiliating. And I remember that day going, I, I don't want to keep doing this. I want out. And I'm pausing here for a moment because in our culture right now, there's so many being things being shoved down kids and teens and young adults 
listening to me tonight, I want you to understand your peace and your confidence and your worth is not found in what this world system tries to tell you you are. Your peace and your confidence and your worth needs to be grounded in the fact that this man named Jesus who came into our world, he gives you hope and purpose for life. And when you find it here, I'm just telling you, you'll find a renewed and profound value in yourself. And he came for the outcast who's feeling that way right now. If you're sitting here and you're saying, I don't fit in, God says, my arm reaches you. I want you. I value you. This is the story of Christmas. You're important to me. That's the story of the Christ child. And tonight I tell you that the good news is (laughs) Jesus is yours. He wants you to receive him. The second good news piece that I see in this story is the simple fact that God did not do what he does to chase man's approval. If God would have wanted man's approval like, oh, good, good, you did it the right way. God would have not had Jesus born in Bethlehem. He would have moved six miles over to a town called Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the power, the authority, the control. That's where it all was and still is today. And God, interestingly, went one zip code over to a little town called Bethlehem and said, no, I'm, I'm going to do it here. I'm going to do it here. And, and the authority said, well, why would you do it that way? That makes no sense. Come over here where all the power is. And God said, I don't need your applause. I don't need you to tell me I'm okay. I'm good because I'm God. And today I remind you, that in our world, we chase this, this approval. We, we chase people valuing us. We chase everybody going, you're okay, you're good, I like you. And God says, you don't need to spend your life doing that. There are some of you, if I just took this week, you've spent a lot of time Seeking people's approval because in that, then you're like, I'm okay. I got to say, I got to say. I go back to my early days of preaching is the best place for me to understand this because growing up, I didn't have a lot of approval. My mom believed in me, but that was about it. And I began this thing called ministry and preaching and you're standing in front of people. And I remember, I, I wasn't meaning to do it, but I loved your applause I love knowing I'm okay because you're telling me I'm okay. And and you invited me back to preach, so I must do a good job. And it's called performance. And we can all fall into it. Jesus didn't come on the earth to perform for us. He came with a purpose and said, I'm going to live and I'm going to die and I'm going to save your souls. That's my purpose. I'm not driven by performance. I'm not driven by you clapping for me. I'm not driven by you telling me what I need to do. I'm doing and fulfilling what I'm called to do. And I say to you today, when young people ask me, when 17-year-olds, when 15-year-olds ask me, Dan, give me some guidance for life. I say to them, don't chase the world's approval. Figure out 
why God put you on the earth. Pray and ask him for guidance and live into this and you will live a fulfilled life. And I want to just say to you today, if you're here and you're chasing this man-made approval, God's birth of Jesus Christ proved you don't need to have the power and authority and control. You need to come maybe one zip code over and find what your true purpose is to honor God. At the end of this life, we all pass away. It's what we do for his glory that will matter. That's the story of the Christ child. It's a simple message, but man, so hard to live. I fight it. I fall into all that stuff, but I constantly have my time of listening to the Lord saying, take me back to why I'm here, Lord. Don't, don't let me fall into this trap in this system because it's tiring. It's tiring. And God taught us not to chase the man-made things of this world, but to find our fulfillment in what his purpose is for us. And then third, the big thing I think that's good news is this. The calamities of this world will never overpower God's plan. <laughs> I, I have people say this to me all the time. Dan, what do you think? Oh, this world is really bad. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, the world's got some junk in it. But it will never overcome God's power. God will win in the end. The story of Jesus is a winning story. And even in his death, he gave us hope of eternal life. He won. And that's why tonight, I'm so thankful because you're looking at a frail individual. <laughs> I'm daily reminded of my frailties. And it's in that that I understand God's power. The world's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about what we want. It's about this man named Jesus who came to give us hope of eternal life. And somebody listening tonight, like I paused for a second. Like I say, I walked through and I sat at different places and I stopped and I sat down in a pew somewhere along there and I thought to myself, okay, this person sitting here doesn't even believe in this man named Jesus and is going to listen to this message and go, I don't know. And I say to you, You aren't weird or abnormal. In fact, most of the world thinks like you. And I challenge you tonight to understand you will never find a greater purpose than to discover what God has for you. I challenge you to test that theory. I challenge you who is sitting here with some questioning in your mind. Consider, consider that God came and sacrificed his very self through a man named Jesus for you to have a hope of eternal life. Ponder that. Ponder that. Why else would someone go to all that trouble other than they deeply love you? And maybe this system has beat you up. Maybe the system chew you up and spit you out. I spoke, <laughs> I spoke at a corporation and I was asked to share the Christmas story. And it's not a place where there's all believers in Christ. And as I begin to share a little bit about this story, there's a person who is sitting 
in a chair happened to be pretty close right in front of me. And when I would say things like, I want you to consider there's a man named Jesus, this person literally sitting right in front of me, like had their back to me because there were tables, their back was to me. When I would say something about the name of Jesus, they'd go, shoot. Like, just like, what, what's he talking about? Now, typically, like, like you would think that that doesn't bother me. It actually, I'm just competitive by nature. I mean, as soon as they started doing it, I was like, oh boy, I'm after you, I'm after you. And tonight, I guess I would say to you who are here who question about this man named Jesus, I'm after you in love. And I'm saying to you, please consider it. It's why I do what I do. This man named Jesus, he took a broken old kid and turned me in something that I believe has a little worth for the kingdom, and that's all that matters. And I want you to consider that because that's good news. And then the angel said, I bring you good news of number two, great joy, great joy. I, I pause a moment here because we live in a world that is really caught up in happiness. Well, you know, I'm supposed to be happy. I hear this all the time. Well, I just know, I know I'm supposed to be happy. God wants me happy. Um, happy is chasing this thing that never can be found. Happiness is something I believe is man-made and determined by your circumstances. It comes and it goes. It ebbs and flows. I've had days in my life, I'm really happy other days. And I've had days on the same day, boop, boop, both of them, same day. Happiness comes and goes. Joy, joy is permanent. It's like something down inside you that cannot be taken away by a circumstance. And I would tell you, I've finally in my life beginning to discover that. I'm beginning to discover that, okay, so something today happened in my life that I didn't like or can't control, but what, what, what the world is this? I still have a joy because it's God-breathed. Jesus was a man of sorrow. He went through great pain, but yet he had an un, unmistakable joy because his purpose was to fulfill the calling from God the Father. And today I want to just say to all of you in the room, don't chase happiness. It ebbs and flows. Chase joy. Find your joy deep in the power of the Lord God Almighty. Seek Him deeply in this season. Let yourself tonight, tomorrow, sometime, spend a little time talking to the Lord and asking Him to help you understand joy. You know, I stand here at the age of 62, and I, I've gone through some stuff that honestly I thought probably would destroy me. In the last 10 years, there, there are things that have happened in my life that I go, I won't survive that. And doggone it, I stand over here going, what's up with this, Jesus? I mean, not everything in my life is perfect tonight. I'm going home to some circumstances that aren't perfect. Why, am I, why do I still have this joy inside? Oh, oh, because I have solidity in knowing that my purpose is to fulfill Jesus on this earth. Good, got it. That can't be taken away. That's why you're great saints that you love in the Bible when you hear about guys who got through into a lion's den could still be joyful. How in the world? You're about to be eaten by a lion and you're joyful. Why? 
because my joy isn't determined by my circumstance. That's called happy. Happy doesn't last. You'll hear the word a lot in 2023, I promise you. You'll hear people chasing, I'm just supposed to be happy. God wants me happy. Stop believing that nonsense. God wants you joyful, and the joy is found deep inside of him and is not temporary. It is permanent, and it will last through eternity. And I want you to go after this. And I get it. You're a teenager, and you're looking going, well, yeah, I mean, old guys like you, you should be joyful. You don't have much life left. I got it. I got it. What I want to say to you is... um. I never, I never planned that God would take um, a kid that was broken, a kid that struggled so much with his own identity. And my, my years from 17 to 62 have been a slow stepping toward real joy and real life. And I want you teens in the room to take that journey. And you say, Dan, why are you, why are you saying teens so much? Because my heart is broken for you and the culture we live in. You're being told a lot of lies. You're being used. You're being kind of tokenized. And I don't want you to find your joy or your happiness, I should say, in what this world throws at you. I want you to find a deep, solid joy that's found in Jesus. And you say, well, Dan, I'm 50, perfect. You're a 17-year-old, 50-year-old today. You need to take the journey as well. And I want you to find great joy. You guys do understand that when the angel was speaking to the shepherds, the only one in the whole story that got everything was happening was the angel. The shepherds sure didn't get it. They looked at each other and went, what is she even talking about? What is they talking about? Who is he speaking to? Made no sense. All these angels telling them stuff that made no sense. We have 2,000 years of history to look back and see what they were meaning. But even Joseph and Mary over there with the baby, they didn't understand it all. They're just trying to get that baby to stop crying. It's life. We stand here today able to see, oh my goodness, this shepherd's hearing something that is going to change eternity. And we get to get in on that because the last thing that the angel said to the shepherd was good news, great joy for all people. So originally that would have been spoken straight to the Jewish people because that's where the Messiah would come. And so when the shepherds heard this, they're like, we got to tell our brother and sisters who are Jewish the truth that our Messiah is here. And then a few years later, a man named Paul bridged the gap between us Gentiles and the Jews and brought the message of Christ the Savior over to us. And now it's 2022, and that angel knew that angel knew the day they were saying it's for all people, they knew it would be for 2022 too. So we are here today hearing the good news of the name of Jesus. And you get to choose in your heart if you choose to accept him as your savior. That's your choice. I do want to show you something though about that choice. So about a month ago, 
Uh, I kept seeing it in the news, so I followed it and watched it. I don't know if you saw, but the lottery got up to a billion dollars. Like it, it went past million, you know, it was 500 million, then 700 million. I was traveling, I remember, it's over a billion dollars and everybody, a billion people went out and bought a billion dollars worth of lottery tickets. And the odds of winning were, as coming up on the screen, one in a billion. One in a billion people were going nuts to buy these tickets. Got to get my ticket. Why? I'm going to maybe win. What are you going to do if you win? Well, I'll tell all these stories. We'll roll our dice on one in a billion. I don't want you to raise your hand, but I'm sure many of you in here possibly did it. Now, what's this? Think about how much effort and energy our world put into buying billion-dollar ticket, Okay. Watch this. A man named Jesus comes, and God the Father who created you said, and by the way, if you'll accept my son Jesus, if you'll just believe he died for your sins and receive him as your, as your king and your Lord, then there is a, watch this, odds from one in a billion, one in one chance. Like, like it's a sure bet. Like it, the odds are in your favor, okay? But no, 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 no. No, 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 I'll I'll roll my dice on one in a billion. Really? Really? Is it just because it's so free? Is it because it was made so easy? It was because God Almighty pre-thought everything and said, I'm going to make this available for everyone, even the outcasts. Is that why it's hard for you? Because it just doesn't seem to fit in a world that says, nope, you got to do it. This, 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 and this. And Jesus comes along and says, no, all you got to do is receive me. And I ask you tonight, to consider receiving him as your Lord and Savior. I came here to tell you, what's this? The message of Jesus is so simple. He came, he died for you. If you will ask him into your heart, you can have eternal life, one in one. And I'm just encouraging you to get in on that chance because it, it's your eternity. I'm going to bow my head. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to invite all of you to repeat the prayer, maybe some of you for the very first time. But on this Christmas Eve, what a beautiful thing for our voices to come together as one and simply pray a prayer of repentance. Those of you who are online, join in this prayer. Repeat these words I will share. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. I receive him today as my Lord and Savior. Please forgive my sins. I accept you, and I will seek to follow you and obey your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.